Welcome to Move the Chains podcast. I'm your host, Wyatt Cecil. On this podcast, we will have three 10-minute segments breaking down topics from across the sports world. After each topic, we will move the chains. At the end of the show, we will run the two-minute drill, which could include some hot takes from yours truly, over-unders, and everything else in between. Looking forward to seeing you guys in the next episode. And we welcome you in to Move the Chains podcast today on this Wednesday afternoon, July 23rd, 2020. Biggest news of the day, the MLB is back. How about that, man? I cannot wait. been waiting four months, over four months for this. My national is coming off their 2019 World Championship. Back tonight. First game on the dock against the Yankees. Should be a good one. Um, then you got Dodgers, Giants, second, second round. Tonight should be should be fun. No fans, but hey, we got some live sports back and I am ready. I'm excited. Other news, um, my Redskins. Um, sorry, I'm just gonna call them that because. They just announced a few hours ago that they're going to be called the Washington football team until they can find a, a permanent name. And I, I mean, I didn't expect anything less from them because I, I've watched this team for the last 17 years that I've been a fan and nothing stupid or bad that happens to them ever surprises me anymore. So, um, yeah, no shock there, but until they come up with something besides Washington football team. Sorry, I've known Redskins my whole life. That's what I'm going to call. No political reason, no racial reason, just for lack of better word basically. So we got that going on, but let's talk about let's talk about uh, this MLB starting up tonight, man. So a couple weeks ago, they come out. The commissioner comes down because they're having these issues with their talks and whatnot. Um, prorated salaries was a big issue. So the, the commissioner basically institutes this 60-game season. Which, you know, it's whatever. Um, it seems like from what I've been watching from these uh, spring training games, um, which I guess now it's more like summer training, but from watching those games, it seems like, you know, most of the big name players are going to be playing. You know, I know for the Nationals, uh, my team, Brian Zimmerman's not playing. Um, and then Joe Ross, he was like a lower rotation starter last year. Um, you know, that's not – I'd like to see Zim out there, but it's not a huge deal. Although I did just see a couple minutes ago, Juan Soto, I mean, a guy I love, the best player on the team now. Um, after Rendon left last year, he's out. Um, he tests positive for coronavirus, apparently. And so, I mean, you know, if we were, if it was a regular 162 games, you know, okay, fine. But, you know, he, he doesn't just miss tonight. He misses until he gets two negative test results. And that could be 10 days, which could be seven, eight games. And 
you know, seven to eight games in a 162 game season is, you know, that's no big deal. But when you're talking about 60 games, I mean, missing a week is, is big. So hopefully we can get by without him. Um, just kind of, you know, stay around 500 for those games. Keep ourselves in there, not not getting off to this one and six, two and five start. If it is seven games, which hopefully it's no more than that. Um, but anyway, we got this. We got these 60 games coming up. Um, regular season should end around the same time that it usually does. Um, but I went back and I was just looking this morning at some figures from last year. Um, because you know, when you talk about a 60-game season, you know, I've heard of, I've heard a lot of, uh, you know, journalists and analysts on ESPN and whatnot talking about how, you know, they can't. These players um, look at how, for instance, my Nationals. Uh, they looked at them last year, and I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, the Nationals were bad last year through 60 games. I think their record was like 27 and 33. Not even, I think they were fourth in the division, not even close to playoffs. But then I thought about it and it was like, you know, why are we talking about it like it's the first 60 games of the season? I mean, I don't think any of these players coming out for this this 2020 opening day are going to treat it like it's the first 60 games of a regular season. Um, if anything, they're going to be treating it like it's the last 60 games. And uh, so I went back and just looked at some statistics, some records from last year, starting at this day, July 23rd, through the rest of the season. We're talking about 2019. And, you know, from the teams that were – I just took some of the teams that made the playoffs. From the teams that made the playoffs, it wasn't like any of them had these, you know, were coming in and were had these double-digit leads in their division with 60 games left, and they just kind of flat, flattened out went 500 and kind of scurried their way into the playoffs. I mean, you talk about they got the Dodgers, um, and it's it's roughly 60 games because, you know, teams had a couple of days off here and there, um, some over, some under. But the Dodgers, for instance, they go 38-21 and 21 from July 23rd to the end of the season. I mean, so they do that again, they're probably in. You add Mookie Betts to the equation, probably – Mookie Betts, by the way, is about to get a huge extension. But besides that, the Dodgers do that again, plus Mookie Betts. They should be fine. I think they're probably winning their division. They're probably at least NLCS team. Um, you look at another team that was in the playoffs last year, St. Louis, NLCS. They were 39-24. and 24. Um, You know, that'll, that'll get them in. Anything close to that will get them in this year. I, I think – I think your win total to get in this year is looking like 35, 36-ish wins. That's that's my opinion. I think that'll get you in, at least as a wild card. Um, World Series champs, Nationals, <clears throat> were 39-23. Um, so, I mean, that that's fine. Yankees, 39-24. Atlanta, 37-24. and um, The Twins, 39-23. So, I mean, all these teams, they do what they did last year at the end of the season, the last 60 games. I think they'll be fine. I don't think the field, um, the playoff field is going to be that much different than it was last year. Um, 
couple teams that I think might fall out and other teams slide in. Um, I don't know that the Nationals, and I hate to say this, I don't know that the Nationals have enough through 60 games to get themselves in the playoffs. I hope they prove me wrong, and I'm going to have faith that they will, but it's possible they could not, especially with Soto being out these first few games. No Rendon this year. Um, the pitching should keep us uh, in contention, I think, um, but we'll have to rely on the offense to power us through um, to the playoffs again. I think, talking about Rendon, I think a team that could slide themselves in there would be the Angels. Um, I'm really interested to see how they do with uh, Rendon, Trout, you know, uh, I just forgot his – oh, Otani. Hopefully he's healthy. He's a fun player to watch. Um, they could slide in there. I think the Braves probably win NL East again. I think they're fine. Um, the AL East, you know, obviously the Yankees have plenty of firepower. They add Garrett Cole. I think they'll be back in the playoffs. I can see them being in the World Series this year. Um, oh, I didn't talk about this. The Astros actually had the best record from July 23rd on last year, which I don't even really want to talk about the Astros because, I mean, they went 42-17 and 17 in that stretch. I mean, after all we heard from them, and they kind of got lucky because before this whole pandemic thing went, went crazy, people were blasting the Astros. I was loving it. Social media was going crazy. Spring training game, people were booing them, jeering them. I was loving it. Um, and they kind of got off easy. People kind of forgot about the Astros over the last few months. Um, most people just want sports to come back. But who knows how many of those 42 wins were legitimate uh, with the Astros. Um, so, I, you know, I guess they could sneak back in. I don't know. We'll see how they do without being able to steal signs. But, yeah, we got baseball tonight. Um Looking forward to it. Should be fun. Uh, talk about over-unders for the games. Nationals, 1.5 underdogs coming in to tonight without Juan Soto. Um, that's probably a safe bet to take the Yankees on the spread. You know, if Soto was in the game, I was picking the Yankees – or I was picking the Nationals to win if Soto was playing. But he's not, so Yankees probably win that one. Um, Dodgers-Giants game, they have uh, Dodgers as 1.5 favorites, which, again, I think that's a safe spread bet to pick for the Dodgers because I think that's going to be – I mean, I know they got – the Giants have Cueto on the mound, but I I don't foresee that game being close, even with, you know, the rust, whatever you want to say, first game of the year. Haven't played in four months. I like the Dodgers – big at least five or six runs so we got that let's go ahead and move the chains next topic fans or no fans talking about different sports what it's going to be like without fans are we going to be able to have fans at any point this season this year um in any sport let's talk about it I mean, we got certain sports, definitely, that you don't need. I mean, you need fans, but when you miss fans at these games, it's it's 
you know, it's it's a different a little bit, but it's not a huge deal. You got baseball. Um, I watched uh, a little bit of the Dodgers um, scrimmage, whatever you want to call it, the other night against the Rockies. Um, and you know, the Dodgers usually have a pretty – their fan base is pretty – you know, good, even for regular season, Dodger home games, especially on like a Friday night, that's big time. I mean, you, you go to one of those against, you know, the Giants or the Rockies, you're probably not going to be able to tell the difference between that and a Dodgers playoff game, to be honest with you. I'm not a huge Dodgers fan. I couldn't have been happier when we beat them last year in the first round, but give them credit where credit's due. Their fan base is one of the better ones in the league. You talk about teams like the Yankees, um, the Cubs, some of these bigger market MLB teams, they're going to feel it more than others. I mean, I was watching, like I said, I was watching that preseason Dodgers Rockies, I think it was game. And I mean, it pretty much just felt like I was watching a, a Marlins or a Tigers game last year. <laughs> so um, for those teams, maybe they'll be, they'll actually do better because they're used to it. Um, but for those bigger market teams, it might be different. But when you're actually talking about regular season, you know, the mundane day in, day out schedule that we usually see 160 games, um, most games, you're not going to tell a whole big difference. I mean, think about in the MLB, when do you actually hear the crowd in a regular season? I mean, usually it's someone makes an over the wall catch, someone shortstop makes a diving play. Um, you get, you know, you get a quick reaction from the crowd, you know, walk off home run. Obviously it's a good game. Um, walk off hit. You're going to get it. You're going to hear the crowd then, but you know, 85 to 90% of the time, a crowd at a regular season MLB game for all but four or five teams, not going to be that huge of a difference. Um, another, another sport to talk about, um, over the weekend I watched, um, the Memorial Classic, I've been trying to get more into golf lately. Uh, I like to play. I have a lot more respect for the professionals that do it. So, uh, you know, I've been watching it. That was one of the first things to come back on uh, with NASCAR. So I've been, I've been tuning in every weekend. <clears throat> and uh, this past weekend, John Rahm wins uh, the Memorial there in Ohio, Jack Nicholas's tournament. Um, Tiger Woods was out there. You know, golf is, is one of those sports that is really easy to get away with not having any fans. Um, I went back and actually watched uh, coverage of the Masters from last year, and I didn't realize until I watched that how many fans are actually at, um, like, golf majors. Like, when I used to watch golf, you know, when I was younger, five or ten minutes, you know, I would just hear, you know, golf claps in the background. Um and that kind of stuff. So I never really thought there was much fan influence going on in golf anyway. And so I watched that video. Um, but, you know, in golf, I actually think it might be better for the time being without fans because especially for someone that's kind of a beginner like me, you get to hear, you know, the, the guys talking to their caddies, you know, which you wouldn't hear if there was thousands of fans out there. I mean, you get to hear them. They got mics on talking about what they're going to do on this shot, what club they're going to use, what they're going to try to do. Uh, I, I, I love that part of um, watching it. Um, and, and, of course, you have moments in every sport when 
there's there's fan influence and you expect a fan reaction um like on the 16th hole john rom makes this crazy chip shot on a part three basically seals seals a victory for him and he gets he gets emotional about it obviously and then you it's just silence in the background so things like that are pretty awkward um but you know those two those two sports come to mind right away that it's like yeah, maybe they'd be okay without it. You know, it takes a little getting used to, but maybe they'll be okay. Then you got sports like NBA, um, NFL, college sports, really. There's always that fan influence. Um, I watched, they had some scrimmages yesterday in the NBA. I watched a little bit of first half of Magic Clippers. Um, and I thought the player, I thought the playing, um, you know the action on the floor was was really good. I mean, it looked better than most regular season games do, and this was just you know a scrimmage preseason game. Um, but when we're talking about fans, um, to be honest with you, it really felt like I was watching the summer league, uh, NBA summer league. I mean, sure you had the stars out there. Kawhi was out there, PG, Lou Williams who had a great game. Um, the Magic had all their guys out there, Aaron Gordon, Fournier, Vucevic. So from that standpoint, sure, you got the you got the best players out there. But as far as the atmosphere, I really felt like I was watching, you know, a summer league game um, in that respect. Then you talk about NFL, um, college football. You know, in my opinion, these are two sports that, you know, I just – I'm just praying that they can get some kind of, even if it's limited, some kind of fan, um, some kind of fans in their in their stadiums because I don't know an Alabama football game. You know, I don't I don't like Alabama football at all. But again, kind of like the Dodgers, they have a great fan base. Um, but those SEC schools, Alabama, Florida, LSU, um, Auburn. You know, you talk about other schools outside of that conference: Ohio State, Michigan. Um, these big college fan bases, I just, especially college football. I mean, I just can't imagine that without any fans in there. I just hope they can get a limited amount. I know I heard the other day, uh, Illinois said they could get, um, the Illinois governor said they could get like 8,000. I think it was fans in for a Bears game, um, which that's not that many, but it's better than nothing. Certainly. Um, yeah, I just hope – I know the Texas governor said this was like before they had a surge, um, but he said they could get 50% capacity in Dallas games, Houston games. Um, so hopefully that, that can work out. Hopefully they can um, get it under control there and they can get some fans in the stadiums. Hopefully every team can get fans in the stadiums. Um, it just makes the sport that much better. Maybe you have to wear a mask. You know, whatever. I I think it can happen. I think you can have a limited amount. You know, wherever wherever you are, wherever you want to play it, um, and be safe. So hopefully that's what happens. Hopefully that works out. Because um, NFL, college football, man, that's just that's just so hard to imagine without any fans. I mean, I'm just thinking about like Florida. You got the Gator Chomp. Um, 
LSU fans are, are big time. Um, you know, the horseshoe at Ohio State, Buckeye fans, I know probably at least a dozen Buckeye fans. That fan base is different from most of the country. And, you know, who knows how these teams play? I mean, they're so used to having that 12th man uh, in the stadium with them. So who knows how it works out if they have to if they have to go into the unfortunate, unfortunate event where they're playing with no fans. Um, who knows what kind of result we get this year in college football. So that's what we got, fans or no fans. Let's go ahead and move the chains to our third and final topic of this episode. And we're talking about NBA, dark horses um, in each conference that can make a run that we're not really thinking, most people probably wouldn't think about. Um, so obviously we're not going to be talking about Milwaukee, Lakers, Clippers. Um, you know, those are probably the three favorites. Um, we're not going to be talking about favorites. We're going to be talking about teams that are kind of dark horses under the radar that, that could make a run. So let's, let's just go through the standings real quick. Eastern Conference, we've got Bucks, Raptors at two, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, Sixers, Nets, and then the Magic. That's one through eight. Um, then you have the Wizards showing up, who are my favorite team. Unlikely that they'll make any type of noise without Brad Beal, without John Wall. Um, so you basically got eight teams in the East. Um, the West, a little bit different. You've got Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, OKC, Houston, Dallas at seven, Memphis at eight, Portland at nine, Pelicans at ten, and then the other teams, you know, maybe they get in. The Kings are up there with Pelicans and Blazers. Um, and then you've got Spurs and Suns. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But we're talking about dark horses in each conference. Um, I'm going to start in the East. And this, honestly, I didn't really – this didn't really affect my decision. I had a different team in mind until I watched um, some of their scrimmage. And I know it was just a scrimmage, preseason game, whatever. But when you're talking about comparing it to the regular season, it's not going to be that much different. I mean, you're not going to have a home away influence. Um, you know, home court advantage basically gets thrown out the window, even if you're close. I mean, because no fans are going to be there. So home court advantage doesn't really mean anything. So really, you could go any you could go any direction here. Um, but for me, um, Eastern Conference Dark Horse team that could easily find themselves conference finals. Um, I would say for me, it's going to be Miami. Um, you know, I look at their lineup, and you know they got they've got something to offer at every single position, and they've got. They've got depth. I mean, let's just look at the starters. I mean, you've got Drogic, um, Myers Leonard, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Derek Jones Jr. I mean, look at this, look at the second, the guys in the second unit, though. I mean, Tyler Hero, really underrated, I think. Iguodala, Iggy, he's a versatile player. Even if, even though he's up into age, he's versatile. You've got Jay Crowder. 
um, a guy who started for years in, in Boston. Um, and they made their run with Isaiah Thomas. Um, you've got Olenek that switches in and out of the game. Um, you got this guy, Coffee. I watched him a little bit last night. He can play. And I, like I said, I watched him in the preseason game last night, and I was shocked at how well they gelled, how good they looked. Um, and, you know, it wasn't like the, the action in that game was, you know, nonchalant, cheap. The guys were playing. Like, they, were out, they haven't played in four months. They were out there ready to go. Um, so, for me, in the East, it's Miami. And, like I said, I could see them – because, I, you know, I look at Milwaukee. Maybe they don't take on Milwaukee. Um, for the finals, but these teams in front of them, Toronto, sure, they could be they could be Toronto to seven game series. That's definitely possible. Um, oh, I didn't even talk about Jimmy Butler. I mean, the Heat, that's their that's their star guy, Jimmy Butler. Uh, he is a dog. I mean, the dude the dude can play. He's not gonna be one of these guys that averages 30 a night, but he comes out, he defends, he contributes, passes well, good team player. Not a guy that needs a ball in his hands every every single possession. Um, he's going to come out and do his thing. But anyway, you're talking about these teams that are in front of him. Sure, I could see him beating Toronto seven-game series. Um, Boston, you know, I like Boston. I like Jason Tatum, Kimball Walker. Um, but I think it's definitely possible they beat, they could beat Boston seven-game series. Um, so I actually think that Miami will be in the conference finals. Not sure they can beat Milwaukee. Um, I think Milwaukee presents them with some matchup issues. But I've, I've actually got Miami in the conference finals in the East. So let's, let's go to West now. And I really had two teams uh, coming into the episode that I was really debating on. I would say, let me put this out here first. I would say the Pelicans, but with Zion um, – like he left the bubble, I heard, for personal issues. Um, it's kind of unclear if he's going to be out there. Um, you know, they don't have – they're three and a half back, and you only have to be four games. It's my understanding you only have to be four games away from the AC to have a play in. Um, so if Zion was there 100% ready to go, I would say the Pelicans would be a team that can make, that can make a run. Um, but without him not being there, it really came down to two other teams. And those two teams were – Denver, which they're third in the West, um, so that's not really a dark horse. But then I think the one I'm going to go with is actually Oklahoma City. And you might think I'm crazy here. Oklahoma City is, is tied for fifth in the West right now with Houston. Um, a lot of teams think Houston is, is going to be a loud number six seed in the playoffs, um, which – could happen you know if, if things shake out the same way they are right now they'll be playing the nuggets so that's definitely a winnable series for them if that were to happen um, but i really do think oklahoma city and, and here's why you know coming into this year before you know covid 19 happened all of that coming into this season we weren't really sure um oklahoma city with russ leaving um we knew they got some good pieces in that trade um we didn't know how Chris Paul was going to work out. You know, we thought he was going to be kind of older. You know, um, weren't really sure if he could, you know, be that 
be the guy there um, for the Thunder. But then, you know, the season started and these guys were balling. I mean, even you look at their record right now, they're 40 and 24. Um, they're right there in the West contending. And the thing that makes me think they're going to be a dark horse and make a run is because when you talk about coming back from a four and a half month hiatus, obviously chemistry is going to be an issue. Um, and I think a lot of people thought chemistry was going to be an issue for them coming into the season at the start of the year back in 2019. And it never really was. It never really was an issue for them. They kind of gelled right away quickly. That's part of the reason why they're so good. It's not that they have, you know, tons of talent on the team, but the fact that they gelled so quickly, their chemistry was on point right away. That's probably the reason why, why they've been consistent and, and solid the whole year. And so I think they could definitely um, keep that up into the postseason. And you talk about the guys they have, you know, coming up. I love Shy Gilgis Alexander. He's going to be a stud. He's, he's their next big guy, I think, there in Oklahoma City. He's a future star, no doubt about it. You got Steven Adams, one of the better centers um, in the league. And you took a, take a look at where they are um, as far as standings go. They're five. The Jazz are a game above them. That's the matchup right now. Um, if the season ended today, it would be Jazz Thunder. That's the game that we had the big blowout about back in March when Rudy Gobert tested positive. That could be a potential playoff series, and I think the Thunder would win that. I could see him winning that in six games. Um, how far they would make it against the Lakers, Clippers, um, I'm not sure. But I think Oklahoma City will be better in the playoffs than a lot of people think. I'm not going to sit up here and say they're going to be in the conference finals. But don't sleep on them. I think they could give the Lakers, they could give the Clippers a run for their money. But we'll see. Um, like I said, NBA starts up one week. Hopefully uh, that week goes by a little bit quicker now that we have baseball and some other stuff on to watch. Um, but I can't wait. Eight-game regular season right into the playoffs. Finals in late September, early October. Man, I'm ready. Moving now, we're going to go ahead and move the chains and move now to the two-minute drill. All right, we're back here with the chains, getting set for the two-minute drill. Uh, like I said in the intro, this could be hot takes for me from any sport, some over-unders for the night's games, or it could be some start-bench cuts. Today, we're going to do some start-bench cuts. I love, I love doing these. All right, and these were submitted via Instagram um, by my followers, so I appreciate it. Appreciate the feedback. Uh, the first one we got is from the NBA, and we're just going to do these real quick. Uh, we've got Shy Gilders Alexander, Donovan Mitchell, Zach Levine. Uh, man, this is a tough one. I thought about this one a lot. Uh, I love Shy Gilgis. I love Donovan Mitchell. I think Donovan Mitchell's a stud. Zach Levine proved himself with that 50-point game um, before the hiatus. So I'm going to go start Mitchell, bench Levine, and cut Shy Gilgis. Sorry, man. 
Just need another year or so. So next one. Let's see. We've got, oh, I like this one. We got, and again from the NBA, uh, Luca, Zion, or Ja Morant. Um, I got to tell you on this one, I love Luca. I think he's one of the quietest stars we have in the league right now. You watch a Mavericks game, you're going you're gonna to be entertained um, between him and Porzingis. I like Dallas. I love Luca. He's got this kind of sneaky good um, talent. Um, he's not going to wow you like Zion or John Morant. But I think from a consistency standpoint, he's, he's above those guys. Um, Zion. I love Zion. He stays healthy. He's going to be a star, no doubt about it. And you got John Morant. This one was tough. I'm going to go start Luca, bench Zion, cut John Morant. John Morant could change my mind, though, uh, with what happens in the bubble, for sure. All right, we'll do two more here. We've got, let's do one from the NFL. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Running out of time here, just going to real quick do this one. I'm starting Mahomes. I think he's multiple MVP winner in his future. I can see it. Lamar Jackson, I'm benching him, cutting Deshaun Watson. Love Deshaun Watson, just hasn't had the right environment around him yet. Uh, and we'll do one more from the NBA. We've got Devin Booker, Trey Young, Tatum. This one was tough. I, 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 this was probably the toughest one out of the, out of the submissions I got. Um, but I'm going to go – right now I'm still deciding in my head. I think I'm going to go start Tatum. Love Tatum. Uh, a lot of similarities to Kobe, Michael Jordan. Um, I'm going to go Tatum, start start Tatum. This is tough. Bench Devin Booker and cut Trey Young. Those are That was the toughest one by far out of all the submissions. But there you have it for a start, bench, cut, and episode one of Move the Chains. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.